The Winefellers comes to you from the lavish WHUP studios in Hillsboro, North Carolina. Listen to us also on WPVM Asheville, WCOM Carborough, and WRLY Raleigh. This week's Winefellers is brought to you by the Hillsboro Tourism Board. Low on gas and near exit 164 during normal business hours? Visit Hillsboro. Learjet, introducing our new sommelier interior edition with wine cellar and monogrammed ice bucket. Fly high above the indolent rubes in a Learjet. And River of Life Lutheran Church, reminding you to ask yourself, are you the reason why Jesus came? Welcome to this week's episode of The Winefellers, right here on WHUPLP, Hillsboro, North Carolina. I'm Joe, co-founder of TrueBottle.com, your professional source for wine auction prices, and my good feller Mark here, fine wine auction director with Leland Little Auctions, and together, we are the Wine Givingly, dog whispering episode of the Wine Fellers ever. We will meet Tim Schwartzauer and Billy Gagan from Dingo Dog Brewing Company. Dingo Dog Brewing Company is a nano brewery that helps fund no kill animal rescue organizations around North Carolina. We can all drink to that. But that's during the second half of our show, during the first half we will introduce one of our newest and best-est segments yet, Flo Knows. In addition to her being a beautiful French woman, it just so happens that Florence, or Flo, as your wine fellers call her, knows absolutely everything. So I can't wait to see which questions we're going to ask her and which knowledge bombs she'll choose to drop on us. After rendezvous-ing with Flo, we'll explore the week's wine news. It's all on this week's episode of The Wine Fellers, but first, Oi, Mark, what are we pouring today? And wine, y'all. And wine, y'all. Well. Hey, Joe. <laughs> How's it going? Well, uh, it's going excellent. 
Man, I missed you. It's been, I feel like it's been a long time since it we've seen each been, other on the show here. It has been three weeks, and I've been counting, scratching each day with my fingernails into the wall by my bed. And that's why you're wearing your Band-Aids. <laughs> so, you know Thanksgiving's coming up. Oh, yeah, it is coming. Uh, I, you're, I mean, you're sighing. Well, is everyone, thing? the thing is, every every single time there's a holiday, the week of our show... It's so predictable. Yeah. I wonder what we'll start the, the December show out with, the week of Christmas. <laughs> you know? Yes. I mean, or the week of Arbor Day, for that matter. Right. Yeah, well, it, it, stay tuned, because you have a great Arbor Day, Arbor Day show <laughs> coming up no, later. No, th- Thanksgiving is, is on its way. It it's is. Thursday. Uh-huh. Are you ready? I am ready. Uh, I think we're going to go down uh, to Atlanta, where my family is. Uh, a few years ago... Uh, we did the same thing. Uh, we had a, we had actually some problems. Um, oh, uh, problems at a, <laughs> you know, a family holiday yes, gathering. But it actually wasn't with the people. It was with uh, a turkey that came out um, that was just a tad undercooked. Now, when you say a tad, you're probably being polite. Yes, it was. In the turkey was. Uh, no, you can get, like near the bone. It was just kind of a no, little raw. It was. It was pretty. It was sort of uh, rawish inside, and uh, <laughs> and everyone sort of bit into the turkey at the same time and, and had a kind of a group freak out. And we, uh, oh. my brother-in-law, actually uh, ran uh, to the uh, <laughs> bartending table and uh, got some gin and and took swigs of it and passed it around to the whole table, uh, presumably to kill the bacteria that was in our mouth. <laughs> Does that work? I don't know. Well, yeah, well, it, it sure does help you forget the incident. That's right. But then you have to be nice. So you have to kind of move, the, cut the turkey and move it around your plate. You know, it was, it was interesting Thanksgiving. Now, like uh, in the uh, awkward family holiday experience uh, vein of things, um, we're going to start uh, drinking right now on the show. We are. We're drink- I mean, which is like the first thing you should do when you can go to one of these undercooked bird holidays. Yes. And the first thing we do, we should do when we have a wine show is drink wine. Yeah, what are we drinking? We're drinking today? a 1998 Plump Jack, and I love this wine. It's a Cabernet Sauvignon. It's a very fruit-forward wine, really like a fruit bomb if you like those kind of wines, which I do. And um, it, it's just a wonderful wine. And I see that uh, Flo... Beautiful Flo. Flo is next to us. And uh, before her segment begins, we gave her a glass of the wine. How Do you, do you like the wine, Flo? I love it. I love the color. I love... The smell and the taste is unbelievable. And like you said, there's tons of fruits in this wine. And it's not sweet. It's just very well balanced. Wonderful. Beautiful. That's, I, I think that's a five Eiffel Tower rating from <laughs> Flo. And I think that that is uh, as good as it gets. I think that's very good. You know, you can tell that she truly does know everything <laughs> in her response there. Yes. And so... Uh, well, now that we're speaking about it, let's see what else Flo knows. <laughs> let's just get to it. Leave your dirt at the door. Flo knows the capital of Idaho. Flo knows who is Michelangelo. Flo knows how to play the banjo. Flo knows, Flo knows it all. Flo knows how to play the bongos. Flo knows how to find Bordeaux. Flo knows a thousand names for snow. Flo knows, Flo knows it all. And let it flow. <laughs> okay, All right. So, um, what have we got here? <laughs> Introductions first. All right. So first this segment ever. Flow, 
who is, uh, in addition to knows uh, a lot about many things. Everything about everything. Also happens to be my neighbor. Oh. Yeah. My neighbor, Flo. Flo, welcome to the Weinfellers. Thank you. I'm so pleased to be here. So, Flo, I guess we should start for our first question. Um, so, uh, let's see here. Our first question is, how do the French celebrate, celebrate Thanksgiving? Oh, Mark. Well, I will be honest with you. They just don't. <laughs> There's your fancy answer to your fancy question, Mark. Oh, okay. Have you got any others, or was that it? That's it, Flo? That's <laughs> all you have for us? No, That's you <laughs> no, no. I can say a little bit more. I've lived in this country long enough, so I know what Thanksgiving is all about. And when we had our first Thanksgiving back in 1621... How does she know this? She knows everything. <laughs> 1621, go ahead. That's right. Uh, when the pilgrims came to Plymouth, Massachusetts, and just uh, shared their first uh, harvest wow. with native Indians. So basically, no, the French were out of the picture. I see. They were not invited to that meal, the, that feast. Well, but speaking of French and uh, Thanksgiving. Do you have plans for this Thanksgiving? Are you going to do anything special uh, to celebrate it? Well, we do celebrate Thanksgiving with my husband's family. Okay. There in Mississippi. And we are going to spend that time with, with him especially at my uh, at my sister's in-law and we will all gather around, you know, beautiful feast, turkey, obviously. That's wonderful. Now, here's a question. Okay. This kind of spans continents and spans an ocean here. Okay, when Mark and I were, were speaking earlier uh, about the awkward family get-togethers and how here often people That's imbibe true. quite a bit to get through those moments. Now, I know that Obviously, we're speaking about the American Thanksgiving holiday, but during celebrations growing up in France uh, that got the families together, obviously, you had the same problems we do here, right? Is that, is that just an American thing? I don't know. Personally, I sh- actually, I loved all our family gathering. Nice. And I will tell you why. What I like the best about it What's that? is that we would spend so much time eating. <laughs> so, for instance, you'll start, if you, for Christmas, you will start Christmas Day, you will start at one in the afternoon, and you will go on until five or six p.m., and you would have different courses, and then it was playtime. Nice. We would just play cards with oh, my yeah. family. And it was just enjoyable because kids were always participating in the adult activities. Now, did family members talk about uh, religion or politics? The French talk a lot. They do. And they talk about politics. Even though, you know, we try to um, just um, uh, keep our bias, you know, um, because it seems like uh, our, our, you know, sure. family get-togethers that can be, you know, difficult because of those, you know, not anybody's family really. It is, but um, the French 
I will say they're very good at talking, at debating. They love to do that. They raise their voice. But at the end, they always stay good friends. It seems like it. That's what I've experienced in the past. Obviously, there are exceptions to to the rule, but it's not because you speak with passion and um, you will basically express yourself, uh, even raise your voice, that your relationship with the person you, um, you're you speaking with will mm-hmm. end. Well, we, we do a little bit of that as well, don't we, Mark? What's that? I mean, in the end, we, we get to, no matter how bad Thanksgiving is, yeah. we always show up for the next one, don't we? Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, no, we do. You know, you know, or the next holiday, be it Arbor Day or... Um, it just, we always seem to make it work. So, but no, I think that, so I've been thinking of some similarities uh, between us and American culture, but I think, I think if I'm hearing her correctly in the French culture, uh, maybe people can be, uh, have different views in politics and it can go a little bit more easily than it seems to be going, you know, these days in America where things maybe be, might be a little bit more divided. Flo, when you, when you were on the show previously, Yes. You mentioned that you'd never bring a bottle of wine as a gift to someone's house for a dinner because you don't know what they're serving. Unless I know the person. Sure. Now, at these Thanksgiving or at these holiday celebrations where you're eating from 1 p.m. through 5 and everyone's having a great time, is the wine constantly flowing as well and changing with each course? Yes, yes, we do uh, change I'm wine hungry, Mark. Mm. <laughs> based on the course uh, we have. And we can have up to five courses during, you know, a meal. Mm-hmm. So you will start with a, an aperitif. I remember this. Mm. Yes, yeah, an aperitif. And one aperitif that is pretty well known is kir. So huh. it's basically white wine with uh, some type of, um, um, I'm trying to find the blackcurrant uh, liquor. Yeah, yes. Okay, as an example. Now, if you, you can use champagne, mm-hmm. and that will be called Kir Royal. So you will start with an aperitif, like a Kir or Kir Royal, and then you will start with your first course, and you have a different type of wine. So, for instance, in, you know, for Christmas, we do eat turkey. At Christmas? At Christmas, we eat turkey. Oh. It is, uh, it is um, er, some type of ritual food like you have for Thanksgiving. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. So, French Christmas, it's a turkey. It's turkey, but not, it's, I would say, the main dish. Mm-hmm. You could have venison. You could have sure. different kinds of uh, meat. But turkey is definitely um, a good choice. Sure. And which I found out that uh, France was the leading turkey producer in really? the European Union. So we do have <laughs> lots of turkey in France. <laughs> now, uh <laughs> <laughs> Mark, Mark's, Mark is, uh, this is fascinating. It is this, fascinating. This, we this talk segment, about this forever. This segment here is just, uh, it's like uh, I'm on a, a ride at a wild rodeo right now, and I can barely hang on. Everyone, I'm having such a great time. Mark's telling me well, we've we, got questions flying we in. We have questions coming in from Twitter and yeah. Facebook. And so apparently folks want their questions answered by Flo, who knows everything. 
Uh, Mark just texted me uh, our uh, question flow, if I may move on. Yes, of course. Uh, this comes from, is it Twitter, Mark? Twitter, yes. Twitter, uh, Juicy Fruit 91 Yes. Um, <laughs> where are you getting these questions, Mark? Uh, they just come in. You're kidding. You made this one up. No. Uh, she, this person asks, how do I know if I'm pregnant? I think she means I, she must mean pregnant. Pregnant. Now this this has taken an odd turn, Mark, uh, because we're talking wine. Well, no, I mean, I, but I know Flo knows it all. Flo knows. But and now this has turned into some sort of uh, just crazy question fest. Well, let's let her ask, answer the uh, question. How how do I know if I'm pregnant? It's pregnant. Well. <laughs> Gosh. You take a test for that, don't you? I think so. But there's other signs your body is giving you as well. Okay. It depends how far along you are, but your breasts become firmer. Yep. You know, your body changes. You, If you are attuned to your body, you will notice some changes. And uh, But otherwise, the test is... Pretty good. I, that's what I did when I was not sure I was going, I was pregnant. That's see, Flo knows, Flo knows it all. Let's take another question. All right, text one it more. over here. One more yep, question. I see it here um, from Facebook. From Facebook, tag tag along Jones. Tag along Jones right? from Facebook. Mark, this is uh, this is insane. This is also uh, is this like turning into a medical uh, show? <laughs> First about pregnant. I will pregnant. ask. All right, no. Here. I'll ask the question. Could could. Uh, Tagalong Jones asks, could the blood in my stool be just red wine? <sighs> Mark, I'm telling you. Flo? Well, I guess he needs to take a test as well. <laughs> I mean, I mean I think, I think and, and who are these people out there? <laughs> I don't know. I think the last time we take Twitter and Facebook questions. I mean, and <laughs> why is, does everyone just have some sort of medical problem? <laughs> They're just like, go see a doctor. Why are they typing this into the internet? Well, if you have blood in your stool, go to a, a hospital now. Well, does Flo, hold on a second. Oh. You have anything you'd like to elaborate on that, Flo? Please. Uh, um, well, not particularly, but I will say, I will agree with you, Joe. If you, you have blood in your stool, you definitely go and see your doctor. That is. Great advice. We've been speaking with Thank Flo. Thank you so much, Flo. Flo, will you promise to come on our show again? Oh, definitely. Uh, we, we need That's you wonderful. here. We need you here. Apparently, the entire uh, medical needing community of the world. Yes, and needs Linda, you. can we screen these questions next time? That would be terrific. Uh, you're okay, listening so. to the Wine Fellers, and the news is now. Welcome to North Carolina's only fine wine newscast, where your good wine fellers, Mark and Joe, discuss real wine stories from this week's news, offering you an insider's view into the fascinating and often hilarious world of fine wine, right here on WA. This week on the Wine Fellers News, 
Are you sick and tired of drinking your wine while having nothing to read? <laughs> well, now you can buy bottles of wine with books wrapped around them. Is this real? Are you also sick and tired of drinking your wine catless? Oh, it's about to become cat-stroking fine wine time. All of that right here on the news, Mark. How are you doing? Wonderful, Joe. You're at the grocery store selecting a nice mediocre bottle of Pinot Grigio, and it suddenly occurs to you, what book <laughs> would go best with this wine? I, I disturbingly see why this works. <laughs> well, wonder no more, because now you can purchase bottles of wine with small books attached. When you say small... What are we talking about here? Like a real book, like Moby Dick, but it's just in like a two by three inch it's, format. It's like a paper book that's like twenty pages long. So each bottle, like of, a short story. Yeah. So each bottle of wine from Libertiglia comes from oh. a story chosen to perfectly go with the drink inside. <laughs> the book I love you. This is freaking great. <laughs> the book I love you. Forget me is reportedly <laughs> an intense story to go along with the uh, Nebbi Nebbiolo Raro it accompanies. While the book Murder by Danilo <laughs> Zanelli is purchased wrapped around the light white wine Raro Arnesis. The book A Frog in the Belly. You're kidding. Reportedly pairs well with the red wine Anthos. See, are these meant to? Uh, this is crazy, Mark. Okay, I have so many questions. Okay. Just back up a minute. Uh, the wine with the book attached, I'm still on that. You're telling me it, it's, a, it's a short story. It's a book that's actually wrapped and around the wine bottle you're buying. It's are, actually brilliant. Are, are, I'm, I'm, I'm getting there. Yeah. Now, when, is this like, it's small, obviously, because... Are you supposed to read, like, finish the book as you finish That's the wine? That's right. So the, the book is small, and also the, the wine is a half bottle. So each 375-milliliter bottle will fit about two glasses of wine, uh -huh. which is perfect. Uh, it's the perfect amount to, <laughs> to sit back, relax, and go on your uh, inebriated literary journey. Mark, when you were young, yes. uh, you know, and you're either sitting there eating your cereal, uh -huh. and you, you'd read yeah, the back of the package, know, right. you'd read the nutritional right. information and on the side. And the gate, whatever the game is inside, you'd read oh, about yeah. that. And, you know, like it, and then yeah. as you got older in the bathroom and sitting on the commode, you've now read the back of every shampoo bottle. That's right. You just run but out of right. everything exactly. to read. It's the back of the cereal. You just, I mean, you get bored. And But imagine if it just never ended. You just read and read it and read. It just had a story that came out. It had a story. It. This is interesting. Now, I wonder if, are these stories that have already been written yeah. or written right. with this activity in mind? Like, as the story goes on, it doesn't have to make as much sense because you're more and more drunk. Yeah, so I think there's a master wine and story selector who reads the stories and drinks the wine and pairs them. And I you're kidding. No, I think that's what they do. I mean, and so, but I, I personally would open the bottle and read the story right there in the supermarket aisle. <sighs> or, you know. That's like, op that's like <laughs> tearing into the Cracker Jacks for the prize first, Mark. But here's the problem actually about this. I actually don't read very well once I've had two glasses of wine. Well, and the fact that in my case, I might have 
three or four bottles of the same wine. And I mean, I'm going to have to read that damn <laughs> book over story? and over, <laughs> over and, and over. over again. That's right. Well, I, I am. That's another problem. I, yeah, I'm assuming that the, the people who make this imagine that nobody has smartphones and could, couldn't possibly <laughs> read anything else but the story <laughs> on the back of the bottle. Well, anyways, <laughs> it's a good idea. We, where, where is this? Is this a real product? No, really. I have to ask. All this the news every now stories. And yes, all the news stories are real. Uh, but uh, yes, this is a real product that you can buy, and I will buy you a bottle with a book. Okay, I've got. I don't want you to move on from this yet because right. there's still some undiscovered territory here. Okay, we did a story a few months ago about a touchscreen bottle. That's right. That you we did shoved that. the like the you take the Merlot in. and uh-huh. you shove it in, and then it would register with a chip that this is a Merlot, and it would come up on this. LED screen on the square bottle. And it'll show you, you it'll show you like JPEGs of the of the vine the, yes. the, of the vines that it grows it on. It had all this all extra the, like information yeah, about, about the that wine, wine. That you're drinking. So th- obviously you could load a book into that as well. That's right. I mean why are people reading off their iPhones when they can read off their wine bottles? I mean it's like taking a a four hundred million page printout of the internet everywhere you bring your smartphone. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> well, why you've got your smartphone? <laughs> That's pretty funny. And bring bring <laughs> like, a, like a box of papers with you I wherever want, you go. I, I if want, someone asks you a question and you thumb through. I want twenty. <laughs> I want like twenty to thirty filing cabinets that just are labeled Internet. Google. Internet. Or, yeah, <laughs> let me look that up for you. <laughs> Where's your computer? No need. <laughs> and and the guy just keeps swearing. Someday you you kids are gonna be out the internet. And you want to know what to do? Yeah. What are you doing? Electricity goes out. I'll tell you what. So <laughs> uh, he's got his his hurricane candles and his printout of the internet. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> All right. Yeah. So our second story. Move me along. We have a crucial, important study update. Okay. Remember when I- Hey, this better not have anything to do with North Korea. It doesn't, because remember when I told you a few shows back about Pounce Cat- Because you got a little excited there. About Pounce Cat Cafe and Wine Bar? Oh, yeah! Yeah, it had the story has to do with cats. That's like our third favorite thing to talk about. If you'll recall, Pounce is a South Carolina establishment where one can go to enjoy wine, coffee, and pastries, all in the company of roaming felines in need of adoption. Didn't this place also serve sushi? <laughs> I think I made that up. <laughs> but yes, but that, that was a problem. We came up with their uh, business plan about uh, having fur flying around as you're eating. Your uh, sushi. And raw fish just sticking to every. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah we It's that. like. It's I like serving so. it in a barbershop or something. It's just not <laughs> <Yeah>. good. <laughs> yeah. Sushi in barbershop. <laughs> yes, exactly. So, Joe, about once a week, a di- I'm sorry, about once a day, you ask me, and this is true, yes. when is North Carolina ever going to get their own wine and cat cafe? I have to go. <laughs> I have to go. Wait. Is That's one, r- is I know. One that- I'm telling you. <laughs> well, you f- can oh. finally stop asking me that question. Asheville, North Carolina, oh, will soon how be did getting I know their very Asheville. own. Now, the owners of Asheville's new wine and cat cafe Holy are currently running a contest to name their establishment. You can enter your idea for, the, for their cafe name online. Uh, most of the names that I've come across already I don't like. Uh, they, so you can see some of the ones they've You see it, the, what everyone enters. So I've, so one, Give me the best one so far. Well, I don't really like any of them. So one's Wine Right Meow. 
Uh, see, that's a Super Troopers reference. I, I like that one. Really? That's a good one. All right. Well, the, I can appreciate the that. The Sippin' Kitten? <sighs> Cupo Cat? How about, like, the Hair Lounge? All right. So I came up with some of my own. Okay. But I want you to be very honest whether you like them or not. Because some of them I, weren't sh- I wasn't sure. I'm just putting them out. You know me, Mark. All right. So Fire away. So well, here's my first idea. Liquor. <laughs> So, 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 so liquor is spelled L-I-C-K-E-R, but also oh. L-I-Q-U-O-R. Oh, uh, uh-huh. See? All right, well. Uh, I, thought you, I thought it was going to be L-I-C-K apostrophe E-R. Well, that's nice, too. <laughs> liquor. <laughs> All right. So that's one idea. All right, well, we'll keep that in mind. Here's another oh, idea. Oh, my How about- gosh. Just the tongue bath lounge. Oh, nice. Why am I stuck on lounge? That's good. Well, I haven't used that one. How about- well, t- you you want to, it to sound classy. You just have to tell me honestly what you f- how you feel about that. Uh, liquor, I like if it has an apostrophe in it. All right, I'll write that down. Meatballs and hairballs. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. The tasty toxoplasmosis tea room. Oh, now that's good. The tea cubed. Tea cubed? Well, didn't you say the toxic toxoplasmosis? Oh, tea cubed. Oh, yeah. I see. There's three T's, Mark. That's very good. I yeah, like that. Sorry. I'm Oh, moving a little fast. No, here no, for you're you. moving too fast. But I like that. Okay, that's good. <laughs> T cubed. I like. Yeah, that. I like. I like uh, toxoplasmosis. Yes. So we had that pre- pregnant pregnant question earlier. Uh huh. And did you know that that's actually a a bad thing for uh, pregnant women to come into contact with toxoplasmosis? Yeah. So you probably wouldn't get a lot of uh, pregnant drinkers into this. Probably bar. if you're pregnant, don't go to the <laughs> cafe, cafe and drink or, wine or any bar. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, okay. How about this? The feed and litter box. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, okay. Uh, I got some. I kind of like it. All I right. kind of like it. Let me just think on that one for a minute. Any any bar with the name litter box in uh-huh. it. I mean, that's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, uh, you got that going for you, but the feed box and the litter box. I mean, there's two kinds of box. Yeah, but it's isn't like a feed bag. Yeah, we've, well, got, may, we've even made some prototypes know, of our I own. I guess you could say the feed bag and the feed and litter bag. Yeah, but it, they don't go. I know. Uh, okay, now nah, let's say no on that one. All right, cats and placemats. No. Okay. <laughs> no. The succulent pus. Puss. <laughs> the succulent puss. <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, I like that one. Do you? I do. All right. That's got my stamp of approval right Mark there. Mark it up. All right. Liquor's still better. All right. Liquor's number one. Ear mites and bites. Oh <laughs> 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 uh, yeah, that's pretty good. What? Is it, what? What are we talking about again? <laughs> <laughs> we're na- we're naming we're doing I'm doing them a huge favor I'm naming the cat. Cafe. Oh, this is the cat place. The cat and wine cafe. Oh, jeez! I just oh, you're throwing all these crazy <laughs> words at me, man. I'm freaking out. We're entering the cat. And, we're entering the, <laughs> the contest and naming their cat wine cafe. Uh, all right, liquor is good. Keep going. All right, cat pee and Chablis. <laughs> no, you can't have the word pee in there. Yeah, you probably. That's can. not gonna work. That's right. Okay, I got. I got. There's a. Uh, I only have one more. Uh, it better be good. <laughs> <laughs> You've dragged me through this muck. <laughs> there better be something nice at the end of it. <laughs> Egregious health code violation. <laughs> <laughs> 
uh, it should just be called closed. <laughs> closed. I like that. <laughs> that's good. I like it. Um, closed by order of the health department, because that's the day. That's the sign that's going to grace their door soon enough. See these other places, though they they're like these pioneering cat in eatery bars right. uh, in different locations. South Carolina comes to mind. They they were working out the kinks because, right, the health department said that, well, they're two separate they entities a, joined right. by a door. They had to separate them out. It's like, um, you know, separating the Chinese restaurant next to the uh, pet store. <laughs> it's technically one entity. <laughs> I haven't but, been to one of those. No? There's just a door in, <laughs> okay. be, in between the kitchen yeah, yeah, and, okay. yeah, okay. Okay. Um, so, it, you know, yeah. isn't that right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I th- no, I think that's how they do it. I think, you know, we've, uh, this is like the third show, this third uh, program that we've talked about a wine and, and cat cafe, because obviously they've taken off, um, and we've always, we've always questioned them, and we've always tried to actually have uh, people on from these uh, establishments, and so far they've refused to come on, uh, maybe because we seem to have these uh, we, unusual we, questions <laughs> for them but um oh. but yeah so i think you know but they are well now we th- can go to one this is actually a thing and so maybe we can actually broadcast from one and see what it's like we have to go check it out it sounds like there is an Asheville trip in our future absolutely you are listening to the wine fellers we're talking with about everything from wine to cats We've got Dingo Dog Brewer Brewing coming up right after this awesome song. Superheroes, the dynamic duo. My alter ego, like Green Hornet and his pal Kato. Hand in hand we fly together over weather To our home under the Carolina moon We have a chicken named Salmonilla She lives outside under the starry midnight blue She soars with us on our long journey Hearing J.J. Jasmine and Bella the Cockapoo Climb over mountains, glide over rainstorms the good in others when it is lost on me You are like my headlight in the darkness Revealing what has been long hard to see
I know is when I understand to the Wine Fellers. Tim Schwartzauer grew up in Jackson, Mississippi. After Hurricane Katrina, he became involved in helping national animal rescue groups, home strays and abandoned pets from the worst hit areas. After college, Schwartzauer moved to North Carolina and fell in love with the craft beer scene. Eventually, Schwartzauer teamed up with head brewer Billy Gagan, combining their passion for good beer and animal rescue. And thus, Dingo Dog Brewing was, Brewing was born. Dingo Dog Brewing Company uses its sales as a force for good to fund local groups that enrich the lives of people and animals alike. Tim and Billy, welcome to this very special edition of The Weinfellers. And here we are, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for coming on. Yeah, yeah. thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. So um, I think your story is really interesting, and and, uh, and uh, we love to have people on who are doing the good work. Absolutely. And uh, so tell us uh, the story. So it was after Katrina, and you and and wh what, what, was that, what was it like? I mean, there were just there were abandoned or, or pets everywhere, or what was the situation? Uh, well, the worst of it was pulling animals out of county shelters that had been hard hit, that were flooded. Mm -hmm. uh, and we worked with some national groups that were pulling them from the coast in Mississippi to Jackson, which is about three hours inland. Right. Uh, they were holding them and basically corrals at the uh, Mississippi State Fairgrounds, uh, basically converted what were uh, stalls for horses and cattle into makeshift uh, play areas for animals, uh, dogs wow. and cats and things. Is, is probably a, uh, you've never seen a need like when you've seen that I would imagine just you probably say I saw so many pets at once yeah and, then it was, homes. and the worst was finding ones that you knew had owners but you couldn't find the owners mm. oh my gosh um, so that was then that was the hardest part and uh, basically once these national groups had to move out because there's always another natural disaster they have to move to there were a handful of dogs cats a couple of parakeets that we hadn't found homes for yet yeah and so that's what basically got us moving on. If we were going to do this, we needed to do it correctly. And that's when we founded the Animal Rescue Fund of Mississippi, uh, which has now grown. It houses about 250 dogs, about 150 cats. Nice. Um, and so it's one of the larger ones in Mississippi. Now, so eventually you made it to North Carolina, but this never left you. This was uh, something that was on your mind. This is something that was important to you. So uh, enter Dingo, Dingo Dog Brew. Well, well, no, no, Mark. Mark, Mark, guys, you gotta learn. You gotta love Mark here. So I want to know how. How? Let's just step back a second here. Uh, yes, Dingo Dog Brewing Company. But w explain to me again how the beer and the 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 dogs and the cats and the parakeets came together. What was the story here? I know you bring the animal uh, loving Tim, and then we've got Master Brewer here, Billy. Is that basically what we're, we've got here? 
Uh, it's something like that. So one of the hardest parts in running the animal shelter was the ebb and flow nature of funds when you're completely donation yes. based. Mm -hmm. And so you'll have periods where you dry up, the needs is still still there, you have no funds to pay for it. And so for basically my entire college career, I was helping run this shelter. Uh, and then years after it, I was constantly trying to think of ways to raise a more substantial amount of money and more consistently be able to provide funding for these organizations. And so it's basically combining what I like to call the PTA thrift store model with brewing. That's so uh, it seemed like a natural fit. You go to any brewery in the area, anywhere in North Carolina even, and you'll see people there on the weekends with their dogs sitting outside enjoying beer, socializing. Right. So it seemed like a natural fit, people with their animals and beer loving. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I think it makes a lot of sense. That's right. So how did how did you two meet then? Uh, well, we met through mutual friends um, and basically uh, started home brewing together about five, six years ago. Um, I'd been kicking around this idea for a while, and then about two years ago, I decided to finally bite the bullet. We incorporated, and we started the long process of trying to fill out the paperwork as well as uh, finding a location. Now, Billy, were you brewing before you met uh, Tim? I was not. I was just drinking at the time. Oh, good for you. <laughs> that's a great way to start. That's, that's how you become the best brewer. You, have to, you, know, you really have to know what, you're, what yeah. you like and don't like. So it just it, turned out that making it's really fun, too. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Was it a crash course in brewing? Did you tour breweries to see how this was done? Did you have other friends who were, had already been brewing and could show you the ropes? Start off in bathtubs to make batches. I mean, how, how did you start? <laughs> we, we actually were using my bathtub as a, a cooling vessel for a while. Good. Nice, Good. nice. No, he, he's been brewing a little bit longer than I have, and he taught me the ropes. Oh, good, good. Nice. And so it, it was just kind of you made a small batch, you made a bigger batch. I mean, just was it kind of an evolution of how this all came to be? More or less. Uh, small batches of simple recipes and then just gradually escalating, adding more stuff, doing more complex things. And how long has this been going on for? About, about five years now. Because Oh, my gosh. Nice. I mean, has it, has it, uh, has it exceeded your hopes uh, in terms of generating these funds that you need in order to... Um, you know, fund these uh, animal rescues? Uh, so we're still kind of working on that part. Nice, uh, nice. So the thing is right now we're still trying to, well, for one, we're still waiting for our 501c3 status, and that can take quite a while. Yep. Uh, the hardest part was we needed to have a designated source of funds before they will approve the foundation. Mm -hmm. And then the idea is once we start having the foundation, all of our profits after cost will go in to fund the endowment. And so as the endowment grows, so grow are the size and scope of the grants we're able to offer. Uh, so kind of ideally, this will keep going, keep building. We'll be able to provide larger and more frequent grants as we grow. Nice. Now, so, Mark, one thing we're going to do here today right. is try to make, like, do everything we can to make sure this this thing happens and prospers. Yes. And it starts with trying delicious beers. And right? <laughs> luckily, we have some wonderful beers in front of us. I mean, this dark beer is Absolutely up my alley. So what is it that we're drinking? You've already had some of it. Sorry. <clears throat> All right. So what is it What is it that we're drinking today? What, what beer is this? So that is our, our Buster Brown Ale, and this one is brewed with shiitake mushrooms that were grown on the farm that the brewery is located on. Nice. And uh, toasted basmati rice. And it has an earthiness that I love about uh, dark beer, and this is just um, everything I like. Um, everything I like, really. Oh my I'm gosh, not a, guys, I, I'm like the opposite so of a happy man. I just like that. Yeah, this is this is really this is what I love. So, um, 
That's that's delicious. Yes. Can people buy this beer right now? Yeah, so we're distributing right now to bars and restaurants. We still haven't found a location for our own tap room yet. Mm. Where can I find this this beer? I want more of this beer, Mark. Right. This is delicious. So this one, we have a locator map on our website, dingodogbrewing.com. It kind of, we try to keep it updated to where we've made our most recent deliveries. Uh, this one is currently on tap at Sam's Bottle Shop in Durham. Oh, sure. Perfect. Uh, and so I know he has it on tap right now. We've made deliveries to some other locations, but I don't think it's quite made it on tap at those locations yet. So can I ask s- some technical brewing questions just for a moment? It's in, in it's simple stuff because I, I don't know a, a much about it. But my understanding is, right, you start with grains, I guess, and you can uh, either – because uh, I've seen a friend who've d- who's done this before, you can crack the grains um, and then boil them and make your own mash. Or some people will use extracts of that to make beers. What what are you guys doing with this particular beer here? Uh, we have no idea what we're doing. <laughs> really, uh, we do. We brew with all grains, so all of these grains. Nice, are yeah, yeah. I mean, I can like taste these toasted yeah. grains in here. This is a delicious, delicious one. I'm loving this one. Where, where do you get your grain? Where do you get them from? Uh, just distributors. Uh, I think most of these are uh, actually warehoused in Asheville. Yeah. So it doesn't take us very long to get them. But a lot sure. of our grains, we focus more heavily on the European styles. Uh, so the brown ale is a southern English kind of variety. It's a little darker, a little bit sweeter than a lot of brown ales you might get on the market. Uh, so a lot of our grains actually come from Europe originally. Now, what is your production size? I mean, how how many um, how much beer do you produce? Uh, so our brew house is two barrels. A barrel is about thirty one gallons. Uh, it's kind of a weird unit of measurement, but we'll typically brew twice to fill up one fermentation tank. So around ninety gallons is usually what we get. So do you nice. do you use someone else's fermentation tank, or how does that work? Or? No, we have our own fermentation tank oh, on okay. the farm. We basically converted the old horse barn on uh, Plowgirl Farm, which is a little woman-owned organic farm uh, just outside of Carborough. I don't know if you should have said that because now everyone's going to be visiting yeah. your farm asking for free beer, but <laughs> go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so uh, unfortunately, we don't have a tap room or anything like that. And for zoning reasons, we can't give tours. But uh, we are hoping in the future to have some farm-to-table dinners where we can pair our beers and things of that nature. Oh, that's great. That's that, a brilliant idea. That is a good I idea. I mean, I think with uh, a lot of the – well, I mean, we've all seen it. You know, with the farms in the area, growing up here, Mark, I've seen – a lot of dairy farms leave this area, mm-hmm. especially in Orange County. Mm-hmm. Um, and the ones that have survived have been the ones who've been innovating. Yeah. Whether or not you're doing this farm-to-table movement, you're giving tours or n- brewing beer. That's right. I mean, and and I think... And luckily, we're in a great community to brew beer here it's in Asheville. Perfect. It's just wonderful perfect. places to do it. Now, do you what, what's next uh, for you? Uh, is, it, is it more of an expansion of different kind of beers you're going to brew, or is it... Um, are there what's uh, do you have anything that's uh, on the horizon that uh, you'd like to let your fans know? Uh, well, we have coming up. We have two different sweet potato beers that are going to be kind of an interesting dichotomy because one is a sweet potato cream ale mm-hmm. that we spiced with things like cloves, cinnamon, vanilla, and the other is a sweet potato stout. So it's kind of a light and nice. dark with using the same basic sweet potatoes that are grown there on the farm. So you kind of get two nice. very different beers, but using that same kind of basis. So we have two beers in front of us, Joe. 
So, I see this other one. So what's and, and by the way, this that is wonderful. The 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 brown ale is that what we Buster were Brown that Ale? Awesome? Yeah, that is wonderful. absolutely delicious. So the second one, what what is the second beer we're drinking? <clears throat> so that one is our habanero, uh, smoked habanero pale ale. That's great. I'm going to try this here, Mark. I first tried this beer. Um, I ran a f- a 4K mm. race mm. Uh, for mm. Pause Forever foundation and uh tim and billy were there and they were serving their wonderful beer and uh that's when i first met them i didn't let them know what (laughs) i was connected to a radio show but i really fell in love with their with their beer at the time well that's uh, a perfect event uh you know how did how did uh, is this something you'll do more of because i mark does a lot of races and he tells me at the end of each one there's a beer tent usually you got to go to the beer tent and for you guys to pair up with you know, one that's supporting animals seems natural. Mm-hmm. And I know that there are many such races, Mark. Right. So who, who do you partner up with? What organizations do you? Uh... So right now we've done partnerships with a lot of the local ones, uh, Durham to Co- uh, Coalition to Unchained Dogs here in Durham, uh, Pulse Forever and Mebin, as well mm-hmm. as um, we've worked with uh, Goat House Animal Refuge. We're trying to work with a few others in the area. Um Ideally, we'll expand as we grow. Uh, kind of one of the ideas right now is whenever we have a tap takeover where we go into a new location, we try to combine it as a fundraiser for these groups. Right. So we've been able to raise some money and food donations and things for Coalition and Pulse Forever at some of these events. So, Joe, the Coalition to Unchained Dogs, which is a wonderful organization yes. uh, run by Lori Hensley, they build fences for dogs because dogs, uh, uh, now there's a law, as there should be, is that you sh- you're not allowed to tether your dog. You have to keep them in fences. And uh, they build free fences for people in need. And so this is a great organization, and it's a great way to uh, to uh, you know, to do nice things for your uh, canine friends. Is we've, we've talked before in the, on the show about how pairing any retail store with alcohol helps. You hear what I'm saying here? I can't remember the exact store, but there was one, it was like a car repair shop that was also now going to offer uh, wine right. as part of the deal and how everyone would just go there. Mm-hmm. Pairing beer with this type of fundraising mm-hmm. is in my mind the same thing you know you could have a fundraiser where okay. maybe you you know you you don't have alcohol mm-hmm. that's not going to do as well no it's 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 decidedly not in fact all of these races you go to have alcohol at the end i know it works out well would you go to a race without alcohol I, absolutely not i would not <laughs> would you would you give donate money to a a pet organization that didn't serve alcohol no but we have a facebook question Oh, my goodness. How did you come up? No, no, Mark. No, no, no. Is this a legitimate Facebook question? How did you come up with shiitake mushrooms for your dark brew? Uh, It's brilliant. I am excited to try. Hmm. And this is from Jennifer. So the mushrooms are already being grown by by Sally, our landlady. Uh, Mm -hmm. And we were trying to figure out for a while what we could put them into. And we figured that our our base brown ale, uh, since it's already a a darker, more earthy beer, uh, would be a natural fit. And it turned out really well, I think. Oh, good, good. How, at what stage in the brewing process? I know there's different times when you'll put in hops and then finishing hops, but when do the mushrooms go in? Those are thrown into the boil. Is that right? Hmm. Nice. And are we talking like lots of mushrooms, or does it take just a few to give it this nice taste? 
Uh, so in about a 60-gallon batch or so, we ended up adding six to seven pounds of shiitake mushrooms, oh, which wow. is quite a lot of mushrooms. That's a lot of mushrooms. <laughs> That's actually I, very I, expensive. I mean, I six guess you had to test it out, you know, make yeah. a couple batches and see how much it took. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of a blind trust to see what we were going to get out of it sometimes. And it's just a matter of trusting the process a lot of the time to see what sure. you're going to get. Well, I hope you don't have people trespassing on your farm because this is a place to where you're, you know, have, you're making beer and shiitake mushrooms growing everywhere. And it sounds like <laughs> nirvana to me. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but yeah. you know, this is uh, – this is a. I think it's a great thing that you guys are doing. Um, we just. Uh, we just. You, you, it's a. It's. It's a service that needs to be done. It's. It's. It's a charity that needs to happen because I think uh, it, you know oftentimes our canine friends, our feline friends, get lost in the shuffle. How can our listeners, and even those that don't listen to our program but mm-hmm. hear about it mm-hmm. all the time from our listeners, what can they do to support? you and these efforts uh the biggest thing right now is there are so many wonderful breweries in north carolina and such limited tap space that as a new brewery we kind of find it sometimes difficult to get on places and so really we rely on a lot of our fans to grab the ear of their favorite bartender favorite restaurant and tell them about us because i'm we're reaching out daily to these locations but they get i'm sure hundreds of people trying to sell them stuff so if they hear it from a customer that really goes a long way in helping us to get in, to be able to get on tap. And the more beer we sell, the more we're able to raise money for these organizations. Now, have you guys uh, thought about doing Kickstarter or anything like that? Or things is going well the way you're doing it now? Yeah, we will most likely end up having a Kickstarter when we find a location for our tap room. Mm-hmm. Because again, the less worry we take out in loans and things, the faster we're able to turn around and give money to these organizations. So if we're able to keep our debt down, we're able to give more money back. Well, I, for one, hope they end up in Hillsborough. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's a space right down the hall from our studio. In there fact. is. We'd love to have you. But uh, <laughs> so uh, if you are interested and you want to learn more, uh, please visit uh, dingodogbrewing.com and uh, you'll learn uh, more information about how you can support the effort. Uh, Guys, we'd love to have you on the show and, and promise that you come on again once uh, once get, the sweet potato beer once is the ready. Once sweet potato yes, beer comes on and once you uh, uh, have your uh, uh, nonprofit status come up and you're really you're more up and running. And this is uh, I think it's a great effort. Yeah, Tim, Billy, thank you for, for coming on today. Yeah, thank you for having us. Thank you. You've been listening to another exciting episode of The Wine Fellers. North Carolina's only fine wine radio program. And I've had such a great time today, Mark. Me too, Joe. But the good news is is that the fun can continue online. (laughs) You're absolutely right. Visit us online at thewinefellers.com where you can learn more about today's program and listen to previous shows. See you next week. Songs and melodies Change and change and sway, but they still stay the same. The songs that we sang when the dark days come are the songs that we sang when we chased them away. If I ever found a pot of gold, I'd buy bottles untold of the nectar of the vines, cause I'm gonna die. 
with a twinkle in my eye Cause I sang songs, fun stories, love, laughed and drank wine Tomorrow is another day The cats are out to play, to play That old rusty spaceship wants to sail Into the Milky Way again On a river of red, red wine Run, 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 run Run, 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 run. Let's have some fun, 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 fun. We'll drink, 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 drink. A toast to the sun, 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 sun.
evening, Hell's 